0: bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is
1: Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio.
2: Four minutes after the hour, it's Wednesday, November 17th. Good morning and welcome back to Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us across America. On the relevant radio network and on the relevant radio app. Great to be with you this morning. Remember that every day is a blessing, and every Wednesday we always try to remember that this is the day dedicated to praying to St. Joseph, especially in this year of St. Joseph, which is coming to an end in just a few weeks on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. In fact, Pope Francis himself spoke about St. Joseph this morning in his papal audience. want to check in with my colleague, Glenn Leverance. Uh, Glenn, what are some of the stories making headlines this morning?
1: Well, John, the USCCB, uh, the U.S. bishop still meeting uh, throughout the week in Baltimore. The first day was a closed session yesterday. Some uh, news that we can talk about came out, and uh, Archbishop Jose Gomez, the, the chair of the USCCB, talked about the church's role in evangelization.
0: Church's purpose does not depend on forces outside the Church. It does not change with the culture or politics or the spirit of the age. The Church's mission is the same in every time and place. It is to proclaim Jesus Christ and to help every person to find Him and to walk with Him. And we also expect, John, uh,
1: this week to hear uh, about a statement on the Eucharist as well.
2: Absolutely. I think it's a great reminder uh, by Archbishop Jose Gomez, who is the president of the U.S. uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, about our uh, keeping our eyes fixed on our mission, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And we too here at Relevant Radio, our mission is about bringing Christ to the world through the media, which is what we do every day. Uh, The other story that uh, continues to capture the attention of uh, the media and our nation is the Kyle Rittenhouse uh,
1: trial. Uh, This could be the day, Glenn. That's right, John, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Day two for deliberations uh, for the jury will probably get underway here in a couple hours this morning. And uh, protesters and would-be protesters uh, gathering even outside the the courthouse, uh, making a fair amount of noise. Uh, Rittenhouse, of course, uh, on trial for the shooting deaths of two men during the uh, riots last year uh, in in Kenosha after some uh, civil unrest there as well. And so that uh, verdict could come at any time. And we're
2: hoping that those hundreds and hundreds of National Guard that are standing by will not have to be used. Uh, So we will definitely be keeping an eye on uh, that trial uh, today. Uh, Thanks, Glenn, as always. Sure thing, John. First things first, we begin every hour of every show always in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord for the many blessings, always asking through the intercession of of the Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life and of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit here on morning air when we pray, come Holy Spirit. Come In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. The Apostle St. Paul writes, "...so faith, hope, love remain, these three, but the greatest of these is love." Loving God is more important than living. Loving God needs to be our number one priority. In fact, loving the Lord should take priority over even family, over money, over our lifestyle and even our very self. At the end of our lives, we will be judged by the Lord on how much we loved. As Catholics, we need to be a people of love. All you need to do is look at a crucifix. God the Father loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for you and for me, for all of us, so that we may have eternal life. We always pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Hey, Relevant Radio family, are you getting ready for Advent? Uh, Advent begins Just a week from this Sunday, and Relevant Radio has a a free and a really easy way to get ready for the Advent season and to really prepare for Christmas. All you have to do is sign up to receive Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations. These are short, compelling daily audio reflections. They're emailed to you every single morning, all during the Advent season. Father Rocky's going to cover a myriad of different topics, uh, from confession during Advent to Advent wreaths, the four different mass of Christmas, nativity scenes, Christmas cards, Christmas carols, Christmas trees, ornaments, you name it, he will talk about it uh, during uh, these reflections. All you have to do is sign up for Father Rocky's free Advent inspirations at relevantradio.com slash advent or click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app. Our number, if you want to be part of our program, it's triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Now, how many times have you said to someone in need, "I'll pray for you"? Or how many times have you asked someone to uh, pray for you, or you ask someone to pray for them? Uh, we ask the saints, we ask our loved ones who have passed away to intercede for us. But exactly, how does this happen? How does this work from a spiritual perspective? Now, joining us with much more on intercessory prayer, the power of intercessory prayer is our spiritual director. Father Marcel Tayon, the pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and a Relevant Radio regular contributor. Good morning, Father Tayon. Thanks so much for joining us. Always great to be with you.
3: Great to be with everyone here this morning again, and a great topic. I think probably in my life as a priest, the thing I'm asked to do the most is to pray for other people. That's definitely... The thing I'm asked the most for, and certainly I, I think Pope Francis always asks people to pray for him, right, if we pay attention. But all, it's, it's such a common thing, and we do that, and we should do that. So uh, a great topic for St. Gertrude and St. Elizabeth Day today as well.
2: Absolutely, and very appropriate here in this month of November in which we've been praying uh, for the holy souls of purgatory as well. Uh, can you uh, take us back to square one and, and share with us the, the basics? What exactly is intercessory prayer.
3: So intercessory prayer, we're interceding, right? The word intercession. So we're going to God on the behalf of someone else living or deceased. And this is because the church has always taught and believed and experienced what we call, uh, you know, the communion, the communion of saints. All the saints in heaven, uh, souls in purgatory, and souls here on earth were all together in one mystical body of Christ. So the Lord, uh, in his generosity, allows us the ability to pray for others. And we, we pray to Jesus, we ask our Heavenly Father, we invoke the Holy Spirit, we ask Mary to also pray for us. We, we could ask Mary to pray for someone or, or some intention or some person. So it's, it's possible. Of God's generosity and charity, and every time we pray for someone else, it's an act of charity. So it changes. Sometimes people say, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm praying so hard, so often, you know, asking Jesus for this particular situation to change. It doesn't change. But one thing that God is changing is that every time we intercede for someone, It's an act of charity, so we die to self because we put someone else's intentions and purposes in the Lord's, in the palm of his hand before our own. So there's something very beautiful. Uh, Praying for others is is a charitable, a spiritual charity, and and it's something just completely loving and other-centered. So that, too, is another part. It It changes us by taking us outside of ourselves, uh, going to God, being attentive to God, but also uh, reaching out to others spiritually. So it's something wonderful to do. And certainly we all know that at times in our lives, we need other people to pray for us. We're not alone. That's that's the other message. Intercessory prayer reminds us that we're not alone. God is with us and, and we have others with us and we are with others. So even in the worst tragedies or illnesses or fears, uh, no one's alone. And intercessory prayer uh, is, is a reality that, that takes away any idea that we're alone in our struggles or what we hope for from the Lord. So, so it's another another positive reality is that. So there's so many good aspects to intercessory prayer. So, so something, again, November binds us to the dead in a particular way. And um, so Hopefully we can we can ramp it up a little bit as at the closing days of November uh, to really intercede for living and deceased loved ones and those that need prayers that may not have someone uh, to pray for them which is always a great cause right go go to the, for those that don't have anyone to pray for them that's always another mantra in the church that I like it's that that. Super charity where we don't have personal relationship. We pray for people that don't have anyone to pray for them. And that's, that's another way to really go out in charity uh, to living and deceased that don't have people that know the Lord in their life.
2: And Father Tyone, I'm so glad you you mentioned the communion of saints, uh, because I think that there are some misunderstandings uh, about the communion of saints, especially among our our separated brothers and sisters, other Christians in in other faiths. Uh, As Catholics, we believe uh, there's three parts to this communion of saints, the the church militant, the church suffering, and the church triumphant, but there's only one body of Christ. So we're all connected, whether we're here or in heaven or waiting to get into heaven in purgatory.
3: No, exactly. You bring up a great point. So it's one mystical body and we're all part of that body. So so praise God for that. And that's always been the tradition. Um saints are not they're not Gods or goddesses, there, there, uh, you know. Even Mary, we have a devotion to Mary. We don't worship Mary; she's not God. But we, we have a, a special devotion to her because she's the Immaculate Conception and great intercessor, and she's she's the Queen of all the Saints, Mother of all the Saints, and and of all the Church. But it is true that it's a wonderful thing that we're again the Lord has bound us in baptism in a very particular way, and sometimes again people can misunderstand a Catholic, you know, Catholic. Intentions that are that are really true and biblically based and praying for the dead and all the things that we do have been done since the very beginning. They're not sort of invented or made up and things like that. Certainly things have changed in the centuries, emphases and, and prayers and habits and words of prayer. They, there's always new ones. And, of course, the Lord's Prayer and the very basic prayers that have been around since, since the apostles themselves, um, th- those are the same. But Catholic practices are rich. They're diverse they're unified and are so varied we think of the different saints that that we can discover i think people are always discovering new saints if they're if they're open enough saints find us i think on certain ways and certain times so so they're also our friends so we we're friends with people in the lord's presence and and that's what the communion of saints is and and oftentimes these saints have been through really hard times and i find a lot of people get attracted to a saint that has their own struggle um and that's overcome that or persevered in faith in that and uh that that's one of the things i see people get attracted to a saint that has similarities to their own life or at least their goals or maybe you know maybe they see something in a saint that's a virtue that they know they need. So, you know, again, St. Joseph, right, we talked to, you talked about him at the hour, but, you know, patron saint for men, for chastity, for marriage, for uh, foster filing, for adoptions. There's, there's so many ways that he's special and this year emphasizes that. And I think, I think really that's what we got to do is stay open to the communion of saints, but, but praying intercessory prayers for others is always an act of charity. And that, that's, that's the grace we're, we're talking about today and celebrating.
2: And when we pray for others, whether we're praying for others here on earth or um, asking uh, for the intercession of of, uh, uh, of the saints, uh, we're really imitating uh, our Lord Jesus, uh, who he himself uh, prayed for everybody. He prayed for all mankind, and uh, as as the Catechism teaches, they have a whole section on uh, prayer of intercession. So if we want to go any deeper, if you go to uh, paragraph 2634, there's a lot on uh, the importance of uh, prayer of intercession, Father.
3: Sure, and one of the great things that Scripture gives us, too, is that we have some of the prayers that Jesus prays. They were written down, right? So uh, the evangelists have those. So some of the uh, the prayers that Jesus—we know how many times did Jesus go away to pray? I mean, he was a busy guy. Oh, come on, Jesus Christ was so our Lord was so busy, uh, and and took always took time to pray by himself. And sometimes he would take Peter, James, and John, and but he always took time to speak to the Father. And so we can, whenever we pray, we're imitating Jesus—not uh, just thinking of him, we're we're praying to him and asking for help. But we need to try to have our life look like the Lord's life as best as possible. One of those ways is to pray and to take time to do it and sometimes crowbarring it into a busy day and making our car a chapel or you know wherever we might be. But especially if we're out and about a lot, we need to really make sure we pray and do intercessory prayer as well and, and lean on the prayers of those in heaven for us. But it's a... It's a, it's a true reality, so we're, we're blessed that we're all together and we have each other to do that.
2: And Father Tayon, as we pray for others, uh, these prayers don't have to be formal. They can just be from the heart. I think the Holy Spirit uh, can lead us and put the words in our hearts and in our minds and on our lips when we're praying for someone or even asking uh, for a saint or the Blessed Mother uh, to pray for a specific person.
3: Exactly. It could just be as simple as, Jesus, I give you Barbara. I place Barbara in your hands, Lord. Help Barbara, you know, heal her, whatever. Whatever persons ask us for. Maybe you think of someone, if, you, if we can't sleep during the night, it's a good thing to pray. Uh, just start praying and pray for others and make it, you know, can we can really... Um, consecrate <laughs> our nighttimes that way, just just really lifting up people to prayers if we're awake and, and during the day. But you're right, no formalities. If you want to be more formal and pray kind of the rosary or an Our Father, prayers like that. But sometimes, Jesus, I trust in you. I, I in, and We know that prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. Uh, how about, you know, Jesus, I entrust so-and-so to you. It's it's that simple. Jesus, I entrust so-and-so to you. Please, please, uh, you know, be close to to this person and that's 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 a beautiful prayer especially if it's said from the heart our, our good lord is always generous he will respond in some way to that seen or unseen for us and it's that plain simple and beautiful really
2: Uh, Father Tyone um, what about our uh, separated brothers and sisters who uh, claim that our relationship with God is enough to communicate uh, with the Lord Uh, what what is the the Catholic uh, understanding that we can ask for the intercession of uh, the blessed the saints in heaven to pray for us.
3: Well, the apostolic authority of the church has always taught that. Um, You know, I remember studying in Rome and going to the Scavi tour there, where you can actually get to the actual tomb of St. Peter. And one of the marvelous things I remember that struck me about that was there was graffiti on the tomb of Peter, where in the earliest century, people were writing, Peter, pray for us. So they were invoking Peter in their hand at his grave, pray for us. So that was the, the first century of Christianity the earliest friends of Jesus after the resurrection were invoking the saints uh, over their intentions. That, that's that's just historical fact and spiritual truth and just wonderful beauty. It's, it's a gift. So, you know, I, I think we, we can easily... Uh, have that explained and, and proven, so to speak. Uh, and I think, uh, I think part of uh, the communion of saints and devotion of the saints and all these other things we have as Catholics is part of God's generosity. And I, I think, sure, Christ is Christ alone. There's only one God, three persons, um, and the church he founded is ours. Um, and, and we know that. And I think we, I think all these devotions and different things we can do are all part of the generosity of Jesus and his uh, creative generosity to us. So sure sure we we have Jesus, we can we pray to him and everything's directed to God. So everything goes to God when we pray. No matter if we're asking, praying for the dead, asking saints to pray for us or entrusting someone to someone, it's all about Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church and that that's the bottom line. Everything's about Jesus Christ, but we have a rich rich tapestry of diverse ways uh to commend people to Christ and to Jesus' friends, his friends on earth, his friends in heaven. Jesus has friends, his 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 true disciples are his friends. And wouldn't you know, in in the social world wouldn't we, we like when our friends are with our other friends and they meet them. I mean, in the human experience, it's one of the greatest experience we have. We want people we love to meet people we love and, and to be together. And so it is with the supernatural life. Isn't it even more pure, more a higher desire to have People we love in faith uh, know other people and saints we love and be together. So it, it's the supernatural reality is the same as, I think, what we experience in a horizontal way here on earth. And I think that's, that's a, a simpler way to understand it and why it's so beautiful and true and, uh, and something to be proud of and to experience, uh, not to be criticized or dismissed. It's certain, we're certain about that.
2: Uh, Father Tyone, uh, we've heard it said many times that uh, prayer is powerful, but prayers to the Blessed Mother are even more powerful. Can you talk about uh, the powerful intercession of the Mother of God?
3: Well, we think of Mary, right? She's the Immaculate Conception, she was preserved from original sin, and Jesus Christ was in her womb, and she's the one. In all of human history, her yes, she's the new Eve, her yes, uh, brought about Jesus in her womb. By the power and the will of God and the Holy Spirit, so no other human being has ever had that. She stayed obedient. She stayed at the cross. Um, she stayed when she was in Egypt. She stayed through everything, and uh, and she's our, she's obedient in faith when she can't see what's happening, but trusting in the goodness of God in very difficult moments. Um, I encourage listeners to get to know Mary's struggles better, and then there'll be just a, an immediate attraction uh to to her as our mother uh and as our model so she's different than all the other saints and shes she's we call her mother of God because she was the, again said yes uh to be the mother of of jesus and uh and she too was saved by christ um and i think we just have to stay close to her and uh, and bring others to her and and we all Jesus knew we we'd need a mother um in the human experience supernaturally as well uh and he gave her to us as he was dying when people are dying the last words they say are usually the words we remember the rest of our lives and Jesus just didn't say something in particular he gave us someone so that that's extraordinary and and that's noteworthy it's important and there's a reason it's so so wonderful
2: and I think if we remember uh, the words, "Do whatever he tells you, her whole role for two millennia is to point us to her son, so you can't go run can't go wrong going to our blessed mother Mary father
3: amen and they they did that, and they had the best wine they've ever had, right foreshadowing the Eucharist, foreshadowing love, and let's try to do that, everybody today, do whatever he tells, but in order to do whatever he tells you, we have to listen by praying. And uh, be receiving from Jesus, receive uh, everything in our minds, hearts, and bodies. What, what does He want to pour upon us today? And then, and then, whatever He asks of us, we do it. We'll we'll, we'll do God's will. When there's a brush up against our own ego, our own will, we'll we'll, we'll give over, give in, and be freed. Uh, even in the littlest things during the day, that that's kind of where the battle usually goes. It's it's the little movements of the day where where Jesus wants to consecrate that for Himself. And Blessed Mother will, will certainly help us and pray for us to help us do that.
2: Father Tyone, as always, thanks so much uh, for your insights, for your reminder on the beauty and the power of intercessory prayer. Thanks again. Blessed day. You too. Our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tayon, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and a relevant radio regular contributor. We need to take a short break. When Morning Air continues, Professor Harry Kramer will be with us once again to talk about leadership and how to lead up. What exactly does that mean? Stay with us. There's much more to come straight ahead as Morning Air continues after this timeout. Today, we'd like to thank Joshua, who's listening in Louisiana, for donating his Ford. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. Get connected to the conversation.
3: Call us now, 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the
2: Relevant Radio app. 32 minutes after the hour as Morning Air continues. I'm John Morales with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us this morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. That's 888 888- and I want to talk about leadership in the workplace. Have you ever found yourself as the low man or the low woman on the totem pole at work? Sometimes it may be a little difficult to stand out in a position in which you're not quite yet a leader. Uh, Can it be true that anyone at any level can be a leader? And how do you prove yourself to be a real leader when it's not even in your job? job description or better yet, How do you show others that you have the potential to be a leader one day? Joining us now with more perspective on how to lead up is our regular contributor, Harry Kramer. Harry is a professor of management and strategy at Northwestern's University Kellogg School of Management and is also an executive partner with Madison Dearborn Partners, one of the largest private equity firms in the U.S. Good morning, Harry. Thanks so much for joining us. Always great to be with you
4: always great to be with you john
2: uh harry uh first of all let's talk about uh leadership uh, what what does it mean to be a leader what does leadership really mean
4: i think leadership at the end of the day is, is very simple john it has nothing to do with what your title is or where you stand in an organizational chart in my mind it is all about your ability to influence other people and the only way I know how to influence people is to be able to relate to people so regardless of your title regardless of whether you're high in the organization or you're just starting off you know if I look at relationship between you and I you know if I can figure out a way to relate to you uh, as a person maybe I can influence you and if I can influence you I can lead you so it's, a, it's a very simple model John leadership influence The ability to relate.
2: What do you think are some of the keys to be able to uh, better relate to others, to be able to influence others in the workplace?
4: You know, I think it comes down to to a lot of our our Christian teachings. It's your ability to show people that you care, that you listen to them, that you're not trying to be right, you're trying to do the right thing, um, and literally making sure that we're all in this together. Um, and it's not about me. I'm not trying to take credit for things. Uh, I care about you. I care about the organization, and we're trying to make things better, and if we can develop the relationship where you say, you know what? Hey, H- Harry's a good guy. Uh, Harry's really trying to make a positive difference. You know what? I don't report to Harry. Uh, in fact, I may be Harry's boss, but I, I, uh, I'm i going to listen to him because I think he's trying to help me do the right thing.
2: I think uh, the word listening uh, is such a, a key. Uh, I'm reminded uh, of the old saying, you know, God gave you t- two ears and one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, you Talk about listening and that the importance of really actively listening, listening and when someone's talking to you, you look them in the eye and actually listening to what they're actually saying, not just kind of going through the motions.
4: You know, John, it's, it, you're, you're right on track. I mean, at the end of the day, people will often say, well, boy, I need to be a better communicator. I need to take some course and so on. And I always say, well, interesting thing about communication, communication is 90% listening. It's I'm there to really, really want to know exactly what you think. And I, I always quote, no exaggeration, John, probably 10 times a day, the St. Francis comment of, I seek to understand before I'm understood. I seek to understand before I'm understood. I may have a view, I may have a perspective, but I'm just going to quietly listen to you, John, as to why do you think, why do you believe that? Because if I can demonstrate that I'm listening, truly listening so that you feel like you're being heard, we're going to have a phenomenal relationship, as opposed to the only reason I'm stopping is is not to start to listen to you. I'm just taking a breath between sentences. I'm not listening to anything you're saying.
2: That's a great, great point. You can't go wrong listening to the wisdom of uh, St. Francis. Um, I know you're a baseball fan and a Cub fan specifically, as am I, uh, but a former Dodger, a catcher, and the former manager of the Anaheim Angels, uh, Mike Sosha once said, if you want to be a leader, the first person you must lead is yourself. And I always thought there was a lot of wisdom in that statement.
4: I'm a tremendous believer of that, John. In fact, in my classes. I literally start off my Kellogg classes by talking about it's not possible to lead others until you lead yourself. And that's in my mind where self-reflection comes in, being self-aware. And sometimes to say to saying, well, wait a minute, Harry, why, well, why do you start your whole leadership discussion with self-reflection? And, and here's a little three-part answer, uh, John. It goes like this. Part one, if I'm not self-reflective, if I'm not prayerful, is it possible for me to know myself? I don't think so. Part two. If I don't know myself, John, how can I possibly lead others? It's, it's almost, and if I can't lead others, in my mind, it's all about my ability on that journey to first know myself, lead myself, and then lead others.
2: It makes a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, Folks wonder, uh, how how do you lead uh, when you are not the designated leader? I know you said at the top that you don't have to be the designated leader, but if you're not, how can you lead?
4: Yeah, the way the way I think about this one, uh, John, is that very, very often, I mean, let's be honest about it, the reason often I don't think I can influence things is because uh, I have to wait for somebody. And in most organizations, and I visit a lot of companies, I visit a lot of associations, and when I meet with people, John, very often people want to start to lead, even if they don't have responsibility, but they always hear that they have to wait for somebody. And interestingly enough, John, I, I tease the students that the people we have to wait for almost always seem to have the same names and companies and it's this group of people john that we usually refer to we have to wait for those guys now that expression those guys is interesting john because first of all they're everywhere it's a gender neutral term this is both men and women but we have to wait well geez, can we do, well we have to wait for those guys and i'm always asking folks well who are those guys who who are these men or women and i try to tell the students and other leaders at the end of the day When you're really going to become a leader is when you realize, regardless of title, regardless of where you are, you say to yourself, you know what? I'm one of those guys. I'll be very respectful. I'll be a very good listener as we're talking. But you know what? I'm literally going to do something about it. And in fact, the two questions I love to ask folks, John, and your listeners, you know, maybe their response to this is they'll say, have you reached a point in your life, regardless of your age, where you've decided, I'm one of those guys? I'm going to do something about it. The other question I ask is, are you watching the movie or are you in the movie? There's a lot of people, John, you see them all the time. They're watching the movie. Well, this is an issue and that's an issue. This is a problem. That's a problem. Are you reporting the news or are you going to get in the movie and do something about it? And I think that that ability to start to be a little bit more active, to be more proactive, I think has an enormous impact on on your ability to lead yourself and, and to really lead others regardless of where you are in the organization.
2: It kind of reminds me of an old saying that I've said so many times, especially during the pledge drives over the years, that our our Catholic faith is not a spectator sport. We need to come out of the stands and get down onto the playing field and get in the game. It's kind of like participating in the movie, not just watching the movie.
4: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The analogy that I like to use, John, is I'll say I love to go to movies, right? So I go to the movies, I have this big box of popcorn, uh, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to have it, but, but, but I got it. And on the screen, John, you and I were sitting next to one another and on the screen, uh, in the movie, the bad guys are getting in the getaway car, uh, and they're about ready to take off. Well, you and I put the popcorn to the side, John, we jump on the screen. Okay. <laughs> this is not a spectator sport. Okay. Let's do something. Let's stop the car. Let's do something. You know, are you watching the movie or are you in the movie?
2: I love it. Uh, a few years ago, you, you wrote an interesting uh, article uh, in, in which you used the term leading up or managing up. Uh, what, what do you mean uh, by leading up?
4: Yeah, so here, here's the thought on this, John. Very often, if, if you've got a little team of people, you know, maybe you're pretty good at, at managing your team. But, but what do you do when the person that you've got an issue with is, is not working for you, but, but they're above you? And they're not going to do something because you tell them to do it because they're the boss. And in my mind, this is where this whole concept of the ability to lead up. How, if you're my boss, how do I convince you to do something when you don't report to me? And I think that ability and skill set uh, is something I spend a lot of time talking about in my class.
2: Well, Harry, I'd I'd like to uh, invite our listeners, uh, if uh, what uh, Harry is saying resonates uh, with you, if you want to share your own experience of leading up, uh, if you want to give your take on whether or not uh, you are watching the movie or you're in the movie, uh, give us a call. Or also, if you have a question or comment for Professor Harry uh, Kraman, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break as we continue our discussion with Professor Harry Kramer. Stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester.
1: Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 46
2: minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us as we continue talking about leadership, how to lead up with Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at Kellogg School of Management. Are you... Watching the movie of life, or are you participating in the movie of life? Uh, if you want to be part of our conversation, 888-914-9149. That's 888 uh, 914 Professor Harry, uh, welcome back.
4: Great to be with you
2: um, one of the things that that uh, it comes to mind uh, about this issue of uh, of leadership uh, do you think it's it's important uh, in in, ter- in terms of companies when they're going through uh, periods of uh, lots of change uh, really quick change uh, to to really listen uh, to everybody to uh, uh, the people below
4: I think it's absolutely critical John because at the end of the day I think when we're all lower in the organization, we realize it's all about the people. It's all about the people that are making it happen. And I think sometimes the danger is some people, when they get promoted, they forget where they came from, and now they're up there toward the top of an organization, and they don't realize if you don't listen to the people that are making it happen, if you don't listen to the people that are doing all the work, you're going to be totally misguided, um, and nothing is going to happen.
2: And uh, and sometimes uh, a young person uh, can have a brilliant idea that can make a difference uh, w- within a company, and and, and really be uh, living this uh, this idea of leading up or managing up. So uh, I think it's important for uh, the leaders in a company to, to pay attention to everybody because you never know uh, when uh, something brilliant might be brought up uh, by a young leader that might be inspired to, to bring up a good point. You know, sometimes uh, some. that's underneath that's not part of uh, formal management could come up with a brilliant idea that can really make a difference in a company and but the management needs to listen to this young leader
4: absolutely John absolutely I mean if you're a strong leader you realize that you're not trying to be right you're trying to do the right thing and it's the people throughout the organization that are close to the action that can really have an enormous impact and I think the best leaders don't forget where they came from because when a lot of us were starting off, we realized it's the people in the middle of the organization, at the lower end of the organization, that are doing the jobs, that are making things happen. And you never forget that. However, if you get hired in an organization and you forget and you're not listening, you're not soliciting input, you're not just, as you said, taking the time to truly understand different people's perspectives, you're going to make the wrong decisions and you're going to lose the faith of the people in the organization. Because they don't think you're
2: listening. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. If you have a question or comment for Professor Harry Kramer, we go to Miami, Florida. Juan is standing by. Juan, good morning. Welcome to Morning Air. You're on uh, with Professor Harry.
0: Professor Harry, thank you for taking my call. My name is Juan. Five weeks ago, I was uh, first time I listened to your program, and it struck me, did he mention that I was missing the spiritual? part of my career. And when you said write a memo to Saint Joseph to ask for a new job, your dream job was like a wow, what's going on? The same day I went home, write a memo to Saint Joseph, go to my little altar that we have at home, put it beneath the statue that we have for Saint Joseph. The same week professor, I got four calls for four job interviews and the following week I was hired for the job that I have right now and pretty much is my dream job. Making a lot of money. Wow. Have a great team, wow. great organization. And besides that, on all this month I have read your three books and maybe watched twenty hours of your content on YouTube. So thank you, thank you very much on wow. behalf of my family, Saint Joseph, you know the British Mary and everybody. <laughs> Professor Harry, wow. you talk about well,
2: a miracle moment. Thank you, Juan.
0: Wow, thank you, thank you, Juan.
4: Thank you. Bless you. That's wonderful. Fantastic.
2: You can never underestimate the spiritual component uh, of, of leadership uh, and of even looking for a, a new position. Uh, the Lord is always in charge, Harry.
4: Absolutely. He's always there. He's always there. But again, sometimes you have to listen. Sometimes, as you know, John, we're talking so much that we're, we're really not listening to what, what is God calling us. What opportunities does He want to take advantage of? Uh, you know, He gives us these talents. As I heard earlier this morning on the show, and what do we do with the talents that we've been given? And Juan's a great example of somebody who is proactive, took the time, did the follow up, and, and and sees the rewards of that. That's uh, what what a true blessing. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Juan. Uh, great, great call. Uh, we go to suburban Chicago, Lombard, Illinois. Uh, Joe is with us. Good morning, Joe.
4: Good morning. Uh, how are you? I, I have a question. So, say you've been proactive, uh, you've done your research, you feel you have a solid idea. I, I think I've heard you have something like seven seconds to get your boss's attention. So you see where I'm going with this. How do you open so that he is at least interested in listening to you? You know, So he'll say after a few seconds that's interesting go on continue Uh, how do you approach that
1: that's a a really uh,
2: good question uh, Joe Uh, that's a question that I'm sure a a lot of folks uh, are 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 wondering about uh, and uh, we want to run this past uh, Harry
4: the way I think about it he raises a very good point I think you go I go back to that Joe. that little formula leadership influence relate. and if you're my boss Joe I've got to find a way. I got to find a way for you to realize I'm not trying to bother you. I'm not trying to create a problem. That my entire agenda, Joe, is to try to be helpful and to let you know that you're the boss. You'll make the final decision. But but you know, Joe, I I have this. I have this idea. I I want to run this by you. I want to get your thoughts on this, and you'll make the final decision, Joe. You're the boss. But if I can get you to listen to me a little bit, and I can demonstrate. I'm all about trying to be helpful. Maybe, maybe I can have an impact. And uh, when I say relate, Joe, I'm going to know you well enough to know that do I have to be careful how I do that? Do I, do I bring this up in a group? Do I do it one-on-one? Do I do it in your office? Do I just say, hey, could I talk to you for a minute in the cafeteria? You've got to find the right way to do it. And if, if I know well enough that the boss, maybe, maybe they have a big ego, well, you know what? I'll let it be their idea. I I will figure out a way to have an ability to relate to you and influence you that, that I can make a difference. But I've got to know you well enough to figure out what's the best approach and, and how to get there.
2: Thanks so much, uh, Joe. Uh, Professor Harry, uh, can you uh, talk uh, uh, briefly about some of the character traits that we need to develop uh, and work on if you really want to be a leader?
4: Yeah, I talk about this a lot, and it's, it's on the website, John. It really comes down in my mind to four things, four simple things. Number one, the importance of being self-reflective, to be prayerful. What are my values? What's my focus? What matters? What kind of a leader do I want to be? So it's the whole idea of self-reflection. The second one you actually talked quite a bit about, John, it's having a balanced perspective. It's seeking to understand before I'm understood. It's really taking the time that people know I care about them and I want to know what they think. The third one is true, true self-confidence. And I always get the, the students to underline the word true, John. You know, and I mean by that, do I, am I somebody who am I willing to admit what I don't know? Am I willing to admit when I'm wrong? And do, do I am willing to be vulnerable and know, know I'm pretty good? I'm pretty good, but God calls me to constantly get better. It's, it's a journey, and I'll never get there. But I'm going to continue to improve and the fourth one is genuine humility genuine humility realizing every single person matters and I say genuine John because we all know there's a lot of people that can act humble but but they're really not and this whole idea of realizing you know and Jesus teaches us all the time every single person matters and when I'm talking to a leader John I will literally say okay you know hey do you want to be a leader oh yes Well, do you think you relate well to people? Yes. All right. But when you walk in the building, do you know the name of the receptionist? Do you know the names of the people in the cafeteria that are serving you and how many children they have and and what their favorite sport team is? And if you're there at night uh, and the maintenance people are cleaning up, do you take the time to help them empty out a couple trash baskets? Do you show them and thank them how much you care? If you're self-reflective, you can have a balanced perspective, true self-confidence and genuine humility, I think you can lead yourself, John, and therefore lead anyone.
2: Amen. Great, great uh, uh, perspective. And we really appreciated uh, Professor Harry, as always. Uh, Where can our listeners uh, find you uh, real uh, quickly?
4: Just harrykramer.org. Um, And I think it gives a a good summary of a lot of the things, John, that that you talk about all the time in the show.
2: Thanks so much, uh, Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner.
1: Our story is called I Learned to Love You Today by Bob Perks. You're miserable and probably one of the rudest people I've ever come across. When I approach you, you turn away and pretend I'm not there until you're ready. I've tried a thousand times to make you smile, and you've tried a thousand times not to. I've dreaded even having to deal with you. I even tried coming at another time only to find you there at all hours. The hard-stayed look on your face remains unchanged no matter what day it is, what time it is, or even what season. A beautiful day. It's a moan hello how are you today always returns the same i had given up on you i've been angered by you i've even thought about complaining to the manager but didn't then one day i caught myself acting just like you and i realized i must stop i finally resolved myself to the fact that you are who you are and i cannot change that you are a fact of my life and i must learn to deal with it you made me one day I permitted myself to return the emptiness, rude behavior, terrible attitude, and silent treatment, and you chose to say something. I approached the checkout, and you said, Are you okay? I was stunned. I could actually feel my brow, my entire face scrunch up, apparently angry that you'd ask. Am I okay? I said in disbelief. Yes, you replied, you're usually so upbeat and chipper. Well, I stood in this dreamlike state, confused by what was going on. You looked at me and said, I depend on you to lift my spirits every time you come in. I work three jobs, my bills are piling up, my kids need clothes for school. My husband left me and three weeks later I found out I have cancer. I was speechless. Now you come in with this attitude today, she said. I actually apologized. I never considered that you were more than a clerk. I never tried to understand that behind that face was personal pain, life challenges and loss. Sure, you should learn to separate work and life, but sometimes life digs in, hurts, and you end up wearing it like an ugly dress. Fits, but no one wants to see it. Knowing how difficult your life is, I will see you through the eyes of love. Love is more than romantic. Love is compassionate. Love is kind. Love is forgiving. Love is seeing beyond the pain. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Thanks,
2: Glenn. That's what it's all about. A quick reminder, don't forget to sign up for Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations, the short daily audio reflections that can be emailed to you every morning during the upcoming Advent season. Sign up for free for Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations at relevantradio.com advent and click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for the show. For this morning, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow.